This is an ABC podcast. Ladies and gentlemen, kings, queens and everyone in between, we have the honour of having a pegging enthusiast, a pegging extraordinaire, joining us in the room right now. Pip Rasmussen, come down to the front. Thank you very much. Thank you for coming into the studio. Oh, my God. Uh, that's embarrassing because oh, wow. I um, definitely wouldn't call myself an extraordinaire. <laughs> but She's a fan. I'm definitely a fan. I am a huge fan, which is why I'm so excited to do this episode today, Dee. Yeah. I have been waiting for this one. You feel very passionate about pegging. Um, but also, for you listening, you are also excited for this episode because the reason we're doing it today is because you asked us. Um, I don't know if you remember, you might not have even listened to it yet, but head on over into your feed. We did a finger in the bum episode in March this year. Um, God, what did we even cover? What didn't we cover? Yeah, we did the whole thing, you know, like from prep to like why you might want to do it, how you might want to explore that kind of part of your sex life and why some guys or people with prostates were having the best orgasms of the their life. Yeah, that was our biggest takeaway from that episode. Uh, and so many of you got in touch with us since listening, saying that it's something that you've explored with your partner or by yourself and you want to level the fuck up. And that's what we're going to do today because mm. we're doing an episode all on pegging. Oops, I hit the mic. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah, that's what we do here. You DM us your topics, your points of interest, and we try and answer these questions and we help you out. So in this episode, strap in. <laughs> Been waiting to say that. Nice. Um, we're going to cover everything that you need to know about pegging with our bestie of the show, men's sex coach, Cam Fraser. Okay, so quickly, a definition of pegging for those who don't know what it means, it's basically where a strap-on dildo um, or strap-on shape of whatever, it could be anything, is used by someone to penetrate another person. And I actually didn't know this, Pip, but the term was actually coined by Dan Savage in his podcast. I think it was like nearly 20 years ago. Yeah. But basically, the original definition is like cishet guy um, being pegged by a cishet woman anally. Yeah. And it's kind of evolved so much since then. Yeah, there's been so many like iconic moments in like TV and film that we love. One being Broad City. Oh, that's the most, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. When Abby, I think she like is just casually dating a guy. Yeah. And he's like, I'm ready to do it. And she's like, what? And then yeah. he's like, the strap on's over there. And yeah. It's like the one night stand. She's like, okay. Um. Yeah, that probably wouldn't normally happen with a one night stand. Yeah. But still, I mean, iconic. And then the bowl type as well. Yeah. I completely forgot about this, actually. I had to re-Google it to figure out where this was. Because yeah. I was such an avid bowl type fan. Um, it's early on. And Kat yeah. kind of has this dilemma where she doesn't know if she wants to peg the guy she's seeing or not. Mm. Um, Cara Delvine. Oh, yeah. When she was wearing that peg the patriarchy top, which is so weird because it was like, what do you mean? That's like literally like giving a guy pleasure or, or are you trying to say like boo the patriarchy? Because you're actually saying the opposite right now. Anyway, we're not talking about Cara Delvine on this episode today. So let's move on. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But what we are talking about in particular for this app is 
pegging in general when it comes to the cishet male experience. Uh, obviously, strap-ons are a huge thing in, in all different types of sex, in all different genders and sexualities. It's very prominent in queer sex. And we've done an episode on this a couple of years ago, so you can also find that in your feeds. It's called Strap-On Play. But as we said earlier, a lot of straight dudes got in touch with us and they were interested to hear about pegging and how to do it. So that's what we're going to do. Yeah, but one guy in particular actually popped into our DMs who already knew how and was a huge advocate for it. Um, his name is Luke and he actually tried pegging for the first time not too long ago with his partner of many, many years and he told us that they'd been experimenting with different positions and pleasure and trying to explore that before getting to the point of using a strap-on. We decided to try, you know, just with the finger, see how that felt. So after the finger, which I quite enjoyed, it got me into the thinking of, hey, I would like to explore maybe a prostate orgasm. Let's see if we can figure out how to, you know, make that work. Um, so I ended up buying myself a prostate massager online. That got delivered. My first thought was, geez, that's pretty bloody big. Um, I don't know how that's going to fit up there, but uh, we'll give it a whirl. Um, so I remember my partner was out. And I was masturbating one day and I was got it with a prostate massager out. And I'm like, all right, I'm just going to try it. Let's see where I, you know, where I start, where I end up. But I think because being in the mood for it, I was really relaxed. So it went in quite well. Uh, and then I started it. It was a vibrating one. As it started vibrating, I got this wave of just being ashamed. And I was thinking, okay, I have this thing that looks like a penis and it's in my bum. And I'm trying to come from that. I think just growing up, the whole stigma behind anything in your bum kind of makes you, I don't know, appear gay or less manly. And I think as soon as I started thinking about a penis in my bum, that kind of really turned me off. So then I tried to pull it out, which really hurt, obviously, because I was tense. So then I kind of just put it on the back burner for a couple of months. Um, And then after that, I think I started talking to my partner more, being like, hey, you know, I'm really interested in it. I've been looking it up. I really want to experience that kind of orgasm. How can we make this work? So I looked up strap-ons and they were considerably a little bit smaller than the prostate massager. So I ordered one. It's a big kind of like trust circle. I'm a very dominant sexual person, so I hate giving up control. So even trying to, you know, me relax with someone else being in control was exceptionally hard. But we gave it a whirl. The first time was it was good, wasn't great. I think we both didn't know what we were doing or what to expect from it. So the second time we gave it a go, we kind of knew, you know, what position to be in, how to go about it. I was a lot more calm and, yeah, thoroughly enjoyed it and ended up having probably one of the best organs I've ever had. At first, she was very, you know, taken aback being like, oh, you want me to fuck you? Like, does my boyfriend wants to be with a guy. So it was a little bit weird at the start to kind of comprehend that. But I think once we started getting into it and trying it and seeing how that dynamic kind of worked is kind of what made it work. Like I said, me always being the dominant one, I think it excited her to be, you know, in that dominant position and to try that. And that was just completely new to her as well. Yeah, I think that was the game changer is just having that different level of connection, swapping that, you know, dominant kind of role. That's kind of what felt the best about it. So because I had that emotion where I was like, you know, this is a sexual adventure with my partner of, you know, so long, we're experiencing something new together. 
I think that's what made it so unreal and, you know, a definite highlight. Oof, okay, that power stuff we're going to get into very soon. But I just want to say... I fucking love Luke. Me too. I was so stoked when I saw his message come through. He was like, I actually really want to talk to you about this and sort of share my experience and my story to encourage other people to give it a go. Or as Luke always says, give it a whirl. I can't. And that's what, yeah, I love what we do so much, Pip, because, yeah, like you listening, we have so many messages from you and we get to hear your stories and so much of it is stuff that's quite vulnerable. Um, so, yeah, huge props to Luke. Message us anytime. We love, love, love to hear from you. If you clicked on this episode, you're probably wondering, why? Why are people pegging? Why might you get into it? Well, like we just heard from Luke, he's been with his girlfriend for ages and in his relationship for a long time. So they were ready to try something new. Yeah, I mean, there's definitely something really exciting and hot about pegging because obviously there is some taboo surrounding it, which Cam Fraser reckons plays a big factor into whether you're interested in trying it. Anything that is considered, you know, taboo brings with it like a sense of eroticism and arousal and like, well, I'm, I'm kind of, you know, that I'm breaking some rules here and that can bring with it some adrenaline and some excitement. So there might be that part of it. Also, if you're wanting to play around a bit with power in your sex life and try different power dynamics, you can definitely do that with pegging. You know, someone might be interested in stepping into a bit more of a dominant, maybe assertive position. Even though we do associate it with the person who's doing the penetrating, it doesn't have to be that way. Of course, you can play around with, with power dynamics, whether you're anatomically penetrating or being penetrated. You know, there's there's other ways of doing that. But very often we associate the penetrator or the person who's doing the pegging uh, as the person who's like, in charge or that's being in that dominant position or, you know, being in that position of power. So there might be an opportunity to explore that. And then vice versa, there might be an opportunity to explore that vulnerable space of being penetrated and and submitting or surrendering is the word that I quite like to use in that space, because you do kind of have to surrender and let go and breathe and soften um, in order to allow for the pleasure that comes from the penetration. I really want to talk to what Cam said just then, Pip, because I think that's so important that when we associate power and dominance, it doesn't necessarily have to be linked to a person who's doing the penetrating. Because, you know, you can sit on top of someone and be dominant AF. You know what I mean? Oh, totally. Like sitting on someone's face. You're like, I'm in control here. Exactly. Yeah. But yeah, it is the stereotypes that is normally associated when it comes to the person who is fucking. I definitely felt like that role reversal and power dynamic was something that I really liked when I first tried it. As a pegger, you kind of get like this massive high from being in control and having somebody like underneath you and you're like giving them the throes of pleasure to a point where you're like whoa like I didn't know that this was even possible and yeah it was kind of a crazy cool experience actually it was really sick like the person's being so vulnerable yeah you know so it's just like you're really playing with that in the sense of like the power that's happening yeah and I think as well like there's so much intimacy that can come with it and this is something that Cam reckons will bring you closer than ever to your partner if you're the person who's going to be the pegger, if you've never actually penetrated someone else, like that's a very intimate, vulnerable, kind of quite a special thing to do is to cross someone else's like skin barrier and to, you know, and to, and to penetrate them. And, you know, we, and we kind of don't really think about it too much because it's like very normalized in terms of like intercourse. It's kind of how we quote unquote think sex is defined as, um, but it can be a really, empowering and liberating experience to be the person who does the penetrating. Uh, And a lot of 
you know, I work with a lot of cishet men, a lot of guys take that for granted. And so on the reverse side, if you're the peggy, it can be a really vulnerable experience to be penetrated. But one of the biggest reasons that you might want to try it is because some of the pleasure that you can get as the peggy. I'm talking about the prostate orgasm, the holy grail of male cummies. Yes. And this is what we heard from you. Like you told us this when we did the finger in the bump episode. You were like, this is the best orgasm I've ever had in my whole life. Yeah, and it's not just because there's the prostate stimulation. There's so much more to it. And if you're not familiar with all the sensations that you can get with anal play, Cam, take it away. If you have a prostate, then through pegging, you are you know, stimulating the prostate. But you're also, you know, in addition to that, stimulating all the beautiful pleasure nerve endings in and around the anal sphincters and you know, the buttocks. There's a lot of like different types of nerve endings. I think I've spoken about this before that respond to pressure, that respond to friction, that respond to temperature. Uh, and, um, and so you're getting a whole bunch of different sensations that are really pleasurable. Uh, but then also in addition to that, you've also got the, the prostate there, which is um, you know capable of inducing prostate orgasms, which uh, for people that are familiar, like don't include an ejaculation or you know, sometimes they do, but they often don't. And so because there's no ejaculation, uh, there's no refractory period. And because there's no refractory period, you can have as many prostate orgasms as you like. And that's one way of becoming multi-orgasmic. Uh, so there is, a, you know, an opportunity to explore different avenues of pleasure, different experiences of pleasure. Oftentimes prostate orgasms and anal play in general feels a lot more diffuse. And what I mean by that is like it's felt throughout the body a lot more as opposed to just really localized in the genitals. So you you have opportunity to experience like full body pleasure, full body experiences of orgasm as opposed to like really uh, localized um, kind of like, you know, stationary experiences of orgasm in the in the general so yeah so there's an opportunity to to explore that as well how could you not want to try this after hearing that i know we always say that orgasm isn't the goal of sex which you know 100 percent, it's not but yeah. that sounded like a bloody dream like, like that sounded like heaven no refractory period sensations all over your body potential multigasms it's not just localized to your dick it actually sounds a lot like um how people would describe an orgasm if you have a vulva or a clitoris. Mm. Um, and I've heard so many dudes be like, I would prefer that over my orgasm because they're like, well, I want a full body experience. And it's like, well, you can have it. You just need to like play with your ass. Also, with pegging, um, people have said like if you are the pegger and you're wearing the strap on and you've got a clit, like apparently this, the friction and the stimulation can cause an orgasm through that way as well. Yeah. So multiple orgasms everywhere you can also wear i think a toy as well while you're doing it like there's nothing stopping you like shoving something in there putting something on your clit and then strapping it on and tying it up you know so extraordinaire for a reason hey 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 (laughs) stop selling this idea i'm not i'm not i swear ladies and gentlemen i'm just an enthusiast Also, that VO voice is really good. I Thank forgot you. to compliment you before. Thank you. Um, you can book me at dsalmon.au. No, I don't, I, don't, I don't even have a... I don't even have a... I'm her agent. Actually, go through me. <laughs> so, if you're keen to try it, you've been convinced so far. Conversation is obviously the most important thing before you just like get down and dirty, you know? You've yeah. got to get the words flowing before you start spreading your cheeks. 
<laughs> and it is pretty tricky to bring up because obviously, as we've mentioned and as Luke uh, was talking about before, there's a lot of shame and stigma around it. And we covered this heaps, D, in our Finger Bum podcast. Mm. And here's what Cam said last time. There's a little bit of internalized homophobia and, and sometimes maybe a lot of internalized homophobia when it comes to prostate stimulation, particularly for uh, cishet men. And so there's like this fear of, well, what will my partner think about me? What does this mean about my own sexuality? Yeah, like Luke was really worried when he brought it up with his partner for the first time because he thought she would think, oh, you're into guys now. Like, mm. what's going on? Like, this is not like you. But obviously that wasn't the case at all. He just really wanted to explore sexually and, and find more pleasure with his partner. Yeah, it's a, it is a real shame that there is still a bit of a, like, no homo vibe to it. And if you are feeling a bit worried, Cam has some really great pointers on how to have that conversation, how to get it started. He says that you should always make sure that you're you're kind of starting from that place of being pleasure-orientated. Oftentimes, you know, having a conversation that's pleasure-oriented and, like, positively framed is is key here. So it's like... Hey, I'm really interested in exploring more pleasure with you. I'd love to like explore this part of my body, or I'd love to explore that part of your body with you. And I, and I want to help facilitate that with you. And, you know, from a place of like, I really enjoy being sexual with you. This is something that I want to add in to our sexual experience rather than like, ah, sex is pretty stale. Let's try and do something else uh, because that's not the right space to come from. So yeah, keeping it pleasure oriented and um, positively framed is like a good space to, to have those conversations. Okay, so we're about to get into the practical stuff, the how-to, the positions, all of that. But before we do, if you are listening and you've not even ventured into the region of the asshole, Apart from, like, cleaning yourself. Mm, you haven't even... Obviously, we're all doing, please. Inside. <laughs> Cam says that's where you should start first. If you've never done any type of anal play before, then, uh, you know, something that you might want to bring up with your partner is like, hey... Maybe we can explore with some gloves on and just explore like the anal area, right? The buttocks, the rim before any penetrating, like that might be a nice safe place to start rather than jumping straight into, hey, I've just bought a harness and this strap on, let's jump into it, right? Because that might be overwhelming for a partner who's never done something like that before. Um, so that'd be my suggestion is like start small. Oftentimes when we think about, you know, particular sex acts, we we tend to, I don't know why, it's just a human thing, we jump to like the most extreme version of that, as opposed to just like dialing it back to something that's like really simple and easy to do, which is like, you know, using some lube on a latex glove and, you know, exploring, you know, the sensations in and around the anus. Uh, so that would be my suggestion is like start there, start small, and you can always work your way up. So obviously when it comes to pegging, strap-ons are part of the process. <laughs> like that's what it is. So yeah. you're going to have to buy the toy and the harness, right? And it might feel overwhelming. You're like, what do I even do? Where do I even start? Pete, what did you do? So we actually went to a store in person um, together because we thought it would be a good idea to just be on the same page about like the size and the weight of it. And when you're in a store, you can actually kind of handle it and feel and, it. Oh, my God. That's so hot. I reckon that's like foreplay, right? You're like there together and you're like, oh, babe, what about this one? Oh. You'd look good in that. You know what I mean? Oh, totally. And it's like when you find the one, you're like, babe, I think this is the one. Let's take it home. This is our shared toy. Like, it's cute. You know, I don't know. Like, it was fun. But I completely agree with you. It was actually really hot. And um, obviously not everybody will want to do that in person. Yeah. You can do it online as well like Luke yeah. did. Luke just went online. 
But yeah, once you've got the toy, you've got the harness, got the strap on, you might also want to buy a douche. Yeah, you may as well. If you're going to buy all this other stuff, like get some cleaning products in there because if you've explored um, some fingers, butt plugs, a prostate massager, even a dildo that you use with your hands or whatever, you still need to clean up. Prep work would be um, having at, at least a shower beforehand and like giving yourself a good scrub. If you're, you know, um, if you have the means, I'd suggest doing some douching as well. There's heaps of you know, commercially available douches that you can buy at Chemist and as well as online. Um, but yeah, just making making sure you're clean and hygienic. Um, the that's kind of the first protocol. Yeah. Again, prep your ass with some soap, but also. Warm it up. You know, it's kind of like the equivalent of doing stretches before a huge run or a marathon. Like, slow down and do some foreplay. This is still sex, and foreplay should always be on the menu when it comes to sex. Yeah, you know, leading up to it as well, rather than diving straight in, um, you know, pun intended, I suppose, like start really slow and start like with a lot of like other types of play, right? So, whether it's kissing and touching of the genitals, whether it's a sexy massage, whether it's all the other things that you really enjoy that are really arousing to you, that build pleasure in your body and build excitement and build um, that arousal for you, do those things first, right? Rather than going, okay, cool, we're going to the bedroom and the first thing we're going to do is put a strap on on. That can, again, be quite intimidating. And um, and if your body's not like warmed up for it, it can sometimes be a little bit uncomfortable. Cam also says that some breath work, some deep breathing is also going to help slow things down and just completely relax your body. Do some breathing and slow down and relax because it, it'll be painful if you're tense in and around the pelvis area. So, um, so, so it can help to do some deep breathing just to relax through the pelvis and through the anus. And if you're wondering if there's any particular position that's good to start with, there actually is lying on one side with a, one knee, the knee that's higher up, pulled into your chest. You know, it's, it's kind of the way that uh, suppositories are, are, are put in as well. So it's like the most comfortable position for a lot of people to begin with. And then once you feel a bit more comfortable with insertion and with penetration, with the sensation of it, then you can start to explore you know, more uh, quote unquote exotic positions, right? Yes, hard agree on this. But also in my experience, I really enjoyed doing doggy. I felt like that was a really good one because you just have the space to maneuver in there and also they were just like fully open, especially if you're like standing on the bed and they're like on the bed, you know, how you, you would normally do it. Yeah, you can control it. We yeah. did have a few people message us and say that that was where they started as well. Uh, but Cam had a lot of quote unquote exotic <laughs> other positions that you could do. You got a butterfly position, right? So lying on the on the bed or on the side of the bed on your back with um, legs up around the shoulders, uh, that can be a position. That gives you really, uh, you know, good opportunity to then use hands, right, to play with the genitals as well. Because something that I really encourage is, in addition to the pegging and anal play, incorporating genital stimulation at the same time or nipple stimulation or whatever else turns you on, really, right? A lot of people, because they're, you know, doing this for the first time, it's like, well, I've got to focus all my attention on this particular activity and this particular part of the body. They kind of forget oh, there's a penis involved. Oh, there's also a vulva involved. Oh, there's also you know, nipples involved. And there's a whole other body, you know, that could experience pleasure. Um, and so my suggestion is like, remember to incorporate other erogenous zones and other areas of pleasure in your body. And we cannot stress this enough on this podcast. Lube. That was aggressive. I should turn you down, but yes. <laughs> so much lube. <laughs> yeah. Also be careful what lube you're using. Because depending on what toy you have, they might not work together. 
yeah, the general rule of thumb is you cannot use too much lube when it comes to anal play. So um, but making sure the lube that you're using is appropriate for the type of toy that you're using. So um, you know, a, a lot of people like to use silicon lube, for example, for you know, backdoor play because it's thicker and it doesn't dry out as quickly. But when you're using silicon lube and a silicon toy, uh, sometimes the two silicons can interact with one another and, and can degrade the material of the silicon toy if it's like not cleaned off within a, a certain period of time. But as long as you're wiping silicons, you know, silicon lube off your silicon toys regularly, then you shouldn't have too much of an issue. But a, you know, the other option here is to use water-based lube because it can be used with everything. Some people don't necessarily like to use water-based lube when it comes to you know, anal play and, and pegging because it's a little bit thinner and it dries out quicker. And so you have to reapply and you have to add more of it. And it might be a little bit inconvenient for some people. Okay, so D, so obviously we heard from Luke earlier about his pegging journey and about how when he first started using a prostate masseter, he got in his head about it and he was really feeling this immediate wave of shame and had to stop straight away. Yeah, and Cam says this is a really common experience and it has a lot to do as well with uh, like emotions and trauma being stored down there? I often say to, to people that are exploring like anal play and prostate penetration and things like that is like there's a lot of emotions stored in the hips and the pelvis and the lower back and, and in the ass as well. Where, what happens when we get scared by something, we tighten up through the anal sphincters. So it's like when you start to release and open up and put pressure, you know, via a toy or a finger into those areas of the body, you're starting to like really release these emotions that we stored there. So stuff can really come up during those sessions of exploration. Dee, this just keeps coming up. I feel like we need to investigate this further. This needs to be a whole episode. Because, yeah, we spoke about it a couple of weeks ago on the episode we did on how to love again after experiencing abuse. And, like, you know, it's in the book When Your Body Keeps the Score. But, yeah, it's just so fascinating that certain parts of your body could hold certain emotional responses or trauma. Yeah, and if you've experience this at all like we would love to hear from you send us a dm or email us as well um because i'm keen to explore this a bit more about like yeah why it holds there why the trauma and the stress exists in your body and like how to release it in a good way okay so circling back to what uh, cam was saying but also what luke experienced if you are right there mid peg in the moment and those feelings of shame or uncomfortable feelings are coming up here's a way that you can navigate those in the moment whether you're by yourself or with a partner if something does arise for you to stop and again, with communication with your partner, if you're doing it with a partner, if you're just using a prostate massager or a finger by yourself, then like give yourself the permission to like stop. Uh, but if you're with a partner, like communicating with them and, you know, having the preamble before going into, you know, sex being like, hey, you know, something might come up, like I'm feeling a little bit vulnerable or a little bit you know, anxious about this, but I want to try it and I'm excited, but I'm anxious, like just being mindful of that, you know, slowing down can be really helpful. You know, that's, I always advocate for just being slow in general. Um but yeah, so stopping is the first kind of protocol. And um, you, know, you can either uh, fully withdraw or if like that's going to you know, be impractical or if it's going to be like um, not necessarily wanted, then um, just stopping, but like staying with the insertion and just like, but not moving um, and just holding in that position, even like holding each other in that position, being like, you know, fully penetrated or, or like fully inserted and just holding and breathing. So there's no like, thrusting or anything happening there's no movement it's just like a stop breathe um you know notice the sensations that are coming up in the body like feel your partner holding you like feel that safety feel that you know that space that's allowing you to be vulnerable 
I feel like we're doing so many plugs for different episodes, Pip. But I know. like post not clarity vibes. Like if you after you've done the act and you know, maybe you didn't feel any shame in the moment because you were just so present and enjoying yourself, but then after mm. you might push your partner away or feel like turn inward and have that kind of post-night clarity experience where you're just feeling really strongly about what just happened and a lot of shame. There's some stuff as well. Like, you know, we talk about it a bit. Aftercare. Got to get into aftercare. Aftercare. Here's what Cam says. After the fact as well, doing a bit of debriefing with your partner, like what came up for you, even if it's like on your own, doing a bit of journaling, just reflecting on like, oh, that shame came up for me around this. Like as, you know, some really can bring up a lot of questions around like your sexuality and masculinity, as I was alluding to before, um, especially if you're running these really traditional scripts about heterosexuality and masculinity and, you know, um, what it means to be a man and things like that. A lot of that stuff can get quite challenged by prostate penetration because we still you know, have a lot of hangups about it. But maybe afterwards you're feeling no shame and you feel amazing and you're like, damn, that was a sick experience. There's still heaps of things, though, that you can do together after sort of to see the experience through. And like we were saying before about the intimacy, there are things that you can do with your partner, like whether it's a debrief, going out to brunch, all that good stuff. And here's Cam's suggestions on some more. Some people might like to have like a warm shower together afterwards. That could be like a really helpful way for not only like connecting and um kind of continuing the the touch and the intimacy but also like it can be also really practical in terms of like cleaning out some lube and some orifices and you can bring a lot of toys are submergible and waterproof so you can bring that into the shower just kind of wash it off as well you know a uh i'm always an advocate for like debriefing about like what felt good and what didn't feel good so like talking to your partner about like hey, when we were in this position and when you were going in that speed or this depth, like that felt amazing for me. Or, you know, if you're the person that that's wearing the the strap on and doing the pegging, you can say like, hey, did you, I, you know, I, you didn't say anything, but when you were in this position, it really looked like you enjoyed it. You know, was that, you know, am I reading that right? You know, and, and, and voicing your own boundaries. So I'd be like, hey, when you did that, that was quite, you know, that was actually quite intense and maybe a little bit too intense for me. You know, I, I could probably work up to that, but at the moment I'm feeling still a little bit tender around it because they're not only really helpful for like, understanding the experience that you've just had and kind of integrating it, but they can then also lead into the next experience. I was talking before we jumped into the studio, I was like, yeah, Tom Ford, the fashion designer, dude, guy, not really sure 100% what he does. But anyway, he's pretty famous and he basically- oh, I didn't know him. Yeah, you didn't know him. I had to your- Google him. I was like, who? Who? Tom Ford, who? He basically said, I think it was a couple of years ago, that he it was it went viral because he basically said every man on earth should try pegging at least once. <laughs> and I mean, obviously, no one needs to do anything that they don't want to do. Mm. Um, you know, no one has to be forced to do anything. Please, consent, hundred yeah. percent. But you know, he had a point to what he was saying, and the point was that it makes you think about in cis heterosex about what the other person is experiencing. And I think that in itself is really important, right? Yeah, it's always good to challenge yourself with your ideas of sex and gender and power, and that's what Cam says too ideas or the scripts that we have around like what it means to be a man what it means to be masculine what it means to be like you know dominance like all these things are really wrapped up in very uh narrow definitions of sex heteronormative sex breaking down that um scripting and breaking breaking down those kind of sexual roles can be super valuable for you know couples that are uh you know wanting to 
have a thriving sex life over the years, right? Because you know, having sex the same way every single time it can can get dull, can get boring. It's like eating the same meal uh, for the rest of your life. It's like, it might be a great meal, but if it's the same meal, every time you're hungry, it can get a little bit stale and a bit boring. So um, exploring, you know, what it means to you to like be diverse in your experiences of sex can be a really great way of like, you know, creating that thriving sex life. D, I love this as well, because Cam even reckons that if you want to learn how to be a better penetrator, then you should learn what it's like to be penetrated. A lot of guys that I work with, I tell them, if you want to be a better lover, if you want to, you know, have better sex, then, you know, it can help to experientially understand what it's like to be penetrated and how slow you need to go, how attuned to it you need to be, how much lube you need to use, right? What tension in the body you need to be mindful of, um, you know, how, um, how much attention you need to pay to that person who you're penetrating. I love that. I Me love that so too. much. That's what you said, though. You said that you loved that you got to experience that side of being the person penetrating definitely do you know what I mean and has that made you a better lover probably probably maybe yeah I mean definitely I definitely mm. am like stopping such a pillow princess do some work because it's sweaty work it's hard work you're like damn I have to keep going <laughs> you don't even have to keep thrusting yeah like I'm done so props to penis owners who just keep it going in the sack <laughs> All right, I kind of want to end this episode on bringing the Lord Luke back because he, I just was obsessed with the chat that we had with him and I just think that he has such great advice. Converse with your partner, what you're trying to achieve, what you want out of it. I mean, I'm a very sexual person, so to miss out on such a, you know, blissful feeling because of the stigma behind it just, I don't know, seems a little outrageous. Um, I think if you're interested in it and want to explore don't worry about the stigma. If you have a partner that loves you no matter what, you know, you can bring up anything with a good partner. If there's shame around it, then I don't think they're really the one for you. You've got to have that trust. Okay, D, do you want to try this now? Do you want to be part of the peg club? You remember um, the Pen 15 club in primary school? Oh my school? God, now, it's the, now it's the peg club. I'm No, 100% I'm down. It's just trying to find someone. Because, yeah. I'm not having regular sex, so, you know. That's fair. Hopefully you heard this and you went, hey, maybe it's not as scary as I thought or maybe I'm not going to have a full-on identity crisis if I have a little something up my butt. Like, yeah. you're still you, you're still conquering your masculinity, whatever you're going through. You're just going to feel more pleasure and more intimacy with the person that you're doing it with. And it's like, I think Cam might have said this or I'm just making it up, but we're going to be having sex for the rest of our lives. We're all really young, but it's like you may as well just try new things and spice it up a little bit if you need, especially if you've been with someone for a while. And I think, you know, I still kind of think we're not in that world, like you were saying, where it's a one-night stand type situation. Mm. But maybe we'll get there one day. Yeah. It, it involves a lot of trust. So, yeah. And speaking of trust. Uh-huh. Trust us. Trust us. Always. No, <laughs> Luke really did trust us. It was so nice. So, yeah, yeah if, if there is anything ever that you want to chat to us about, especially if you feel, you know, a bit of shame, a bit of like it's really vulnerable to chat about, you know that you can message us anytime at Triple J The Hookup on our Instagram and you can email us as well, thehookup at abc.net.au. We'll see you later. Bye.